Hello, everyone, and inside today's episode of Locked On Canadians, the Habs lose in overtime to the Winnipeg Jets despite Samuel Montembeau's stellar effort. And because it is Friday, that means it is time for the Friday Mailbag, where we're answering all of your listener questions. All that and more inside today's show. Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 519 of Lockdown Canadians. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day every day, as always. Or if you're watching on YouTube, make sure you're subscribed and that you ring the bell so you know whenever we post a new video. And today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. I am one of your hosts. I am Scott Matlin. I'm joined, as always, by the active stick, Laura Saba and Laura. The Habs lost again, which is fine. They collected five of eight points on their road trip through central uh, United States, Canada, whatever we want to call it, and return home to the Bell Center on Saturday. Honestly, not too bad for a road trip, especially early in the season where the Habs tend to struggle, especially against teams like the Blues and the Sabres, etc. So... Not not too bad overall. I'm frustrated they lost in overtime in the game they had the opportunity to win, but it's it's better for the tank at least. So you see me nodding because I agree with everything that you're saying. Uh, the Canadians had a much better than we thought showing overall in this road trip. I think they did. I think they did a very good job of showing what they can do in the future, as well as showing how far they still have to go. Does that make sense? Like that the weaknesses were highlighted, but also the strengths, like we got a taste of it. Like it was tantalizing. Yeah. I, I, I look at this game and go, Nick Suzuki was great. That top line with Kirby doc worked really well. We had the return of Joel Edmondson tonight, which was a really, you know, long overdue thing. He hasn't played a ton in the past two years because the injuries, it was nice to see him back. But at the same time, the vibes were a little off tonight. The Canadians played well. Samuel Montembeau especially played well. Uh, absolutely out of his mind game there to get the Canadians a point. I don't know what goaltender interference is. To this day, I don't understand what goaltender interference is. And this Neither game, like anyone you, else. Yeah, clearly the NHL is just kind of making it up as they go at this point, which I think is even more frustrating. Uh, the managing editor dies in the prize in our Slack channel went, it's fine if they overturn the goal and say, it's a good goal. Okay, but why? Like, right. very clearly, Blake Wheeler is sitting on Samuel Montembeau. Like, I... Anyways, I don't want to I don't want to do another referent this week. I, I've used up my one for the month of November unless something truly egregious happens anytime soon. Tonight's the first time, though, that I've seen a lot of cracks from players who have usually been a lot more steady this year, especially Jonathan Kovacevic did not have to my eye test, a great looking game. And it's growing pains, which is kind of what we wanted in this season. You learn and you grow. And this was one of those learning experiences for the Canadians. They got a point. They could have gotten to, but you live and you learn and you go on to the next game here. 
Yeah. And that's the thing too, is that you're not always going to be consistently great, right? There are very few players in the NHL that don't have off games and maybe a series of off games too. Like we talk about those slumps for a reason. So I think sometimes things just don't come together and maybe coach adjustments or maybe uh, uneven refereeing, we're going to call it. Uh, Maybe not specifically in this game. I was talking about more in the last game. Like there's other factors that come into play that sometimes don't allow players to play their best. So I think the way that I tend to look at it, particularly with support players like Kovac Sevich, I'm going to just say it. You had it right there. You had it right. Um, with players like that, I think there's other factors that come into play, but what you're looking for, what I'm looking for overall over the course of the season is consistently good play, both in the, you know, driving play and also keeping the puck out of the net kind of, uh, metrics just in general, like what are they contributing to this lineup? How are they supporting the main players, the the main cast of this lineup? And are they doing it? more often than not like a player like that that's what you're looking for from them you're not looking for them to turn into you know the number one defenseman of the Montreal Canadiens you're looking for consistent steady play that's another thing that you're looking for even players like Jordan Harris you know the supporting cast you need to have a good supporting cast you need to have a consistently good supporting cast so I'm not going to be too worried like it's one of those things where he's proven himself so far that he's okay and if he has a bad game those are the kinds of players where if they have a bad game, the whole team has a bad game. And I, I, I agree with that take there is that it's like the supporting cast had isn't make or break for this team, but at the same time, they still are important to this team. And part of that is now Martin St. Louis has more options to rotate people. And Chris Biden was a scratch tonight. You know, Joel Edmondson, you're not going to want him to play heavy minutes every night coming back from in- injury. You know, Mike Matheson should be nearing a return in the near future on in the forward group right now. Diol Armia is back. You have Mike Hoffman. You have Rem Pitlick. You have Michael Bazetta, Jonathan Joanne. Uh, you have Evgeny Dodonov, who is on IR, uh, won't be able to be back until next Tuesday. And going into uh, next week, we will take an episode, talk a little bit about some of the trade rumors from Pierre Lebrun to see what develops over the weekend once the Canadians are back home and on home ice and kind of get that sorted out. But I, this is very good for what we want out of the Canadians this year. Have good efforts, but lose in entertaining fashion. And that was entertaining. The frustrating part for me is that it's like, this is a game that when they're within reach, it's kind of like, ah, it's frustrating because you're like, you want them to build on those wins. Wins are important to the development of this team. And I, they play Vegas on Saturday. Vegas is very, very good at scoring goals. Jack Eichel is absolutely on a heater. I'm very interested to see what version of the Canadians comes out here and what the regression might look like for goaltending. Jake Allen's kind of come down a little bit. Samuel Montembeau just is refusing to, acknowledge that goaltending rules exist to him and is putting on otherworldly performances, which good for him after last year, Uh, his regression will help the Canadians in terms of falling down the rankings for Connor Bedard, even though they are already fairly low in that, but we will have a recap. We will have three up three down. We will have talk discussion of the trade rumors or potential trades moves, whatever uh, going into next week. We're also 
Hi, I will be flying solo next week. My co-host is going on vacation, so it will be just me. But you didn't come here just for that news. Yes. I am going to be on some of the episodes, though. We are doing a special edition. Yes, we are. We will have some special episodes ready to go right at the start of the week. And, well, now what you're here for on Friday. It is Friday. That means it is the Friday mailbag. And all of that is coming up in just one moment. But first, as you know, today's episode is brought to you by the folks at Bet Online Today, your number one source for all your football betting, whether it be NCAA with the college football playoff uh, polls released the first time this year. Basketball season's right around the corner. The NFL is in full swing, and obviously hockey is around as well. They have everything you need, team matchups, up-to-the-minute news on transactions, depth charts, everything for every sport out there. And there's also things like golf, MMA, boxing, Bet Online will have you covered with all of that, with live betting and more. So go to their website today to check it out or use your mobile device if you need to. And remember, Bet Online, it's where the game starts. All right, we are back. It is Friday. That means it is time for the Friday mailbag. And because we have so many questions, this is likely going to get split into part of one of the episodes next week. So we don't get your question on this one. We promise you it is in the shoot somewhere for the other episodes next week. We are not ignoring anybody. We just got so many questions, which thank you for that. We love you. We, yeah. we literally, we love you listeners so, 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 so much. Uh, and if you want to send us questions, we are at LO underscore Canadians on Twitter, lockdown Canadians at gmail.com or uh, in the YouTube comments. Just please don't be a jerk because we don't have time for that. No one has time for that. There's a lot of other stuff going on right now. Laura, where are we starting at in the mailbag today? So we've got a question from Mitchell S. in the uh, emails, and it was right after last, last week's mailbag. So there has been a little bit of change since then. But here's the question. I like this subject line. Dad on off the team. Hey, guys. I listen every morning on my way to work. My question is, why has Pizzetta been scratched every game when Dodonov is playing so bad? I think Pizzetta brings more energy and physicality, which I think the Habs need. Also, I was worried when we traded Romanov away because of his hitting capability, but now seeing Jack Eye, I think Doc was well worth it. I the thing about Evgeny Dodonov is, and it's so weird, and I and I do plan because Laura and I are going to be on Game Over Montreal on Saturday night after the game against Vegas, is I don't think he's played badly. I just think there's something either, you know, fitness wise or a nagging injury or something else that is preventing him from being up to his uh, top level that he could be at. I do agree. Michael Pozzetta should be playing more. I watched Rem Pitlick and Yol Armia play against the Jets tonight on Thursday. Neither really stood out in a way that I go, definitely need that guy in the lineup next week. Yol Armia had a pass to absolutely nobody towards the end of the third period, I went, what are we doing here? Rem Pitlick kind of looked a little bit lost out there. He doesn't have that same zip that he had last year. Admittedly, he was shooting 33% when that happened. I don't mind seeing Pizzetta come in for more physical games or just we need that boost. And against Vegas, I wouldn't be shocked to see Pizzetta in the lineup this weekend. We'll see what's going on with Dodonov. There's too much smoke around this right now for me to think something else isn't up right now, but that's tinfoil hatting. That is not confirmed information. That's just me overthinking it a little bit right now. 
And that's one of the things that we love to do best as Habs fans is overthink things right now and all the time. Uh, if we miss your question, don't worry. We are going to get to it in part two. Like the more I, I look at the number of questions, the more I realize we're not going to get to all of them today. So part two of the mailbag is coming next week as always. Uh, JS, the subject line is goalies. Hey gang, my question is this. With Gary Price's playing future very much up in the air, could you see Hughes and Gorton using one of their first round draft picks next year to draft a potential future cornerstone franchise goalie, much like the Habs did with Price? If so, is there a goalie or goalies in the upcoming draft that would be worthy of that pick? So. Uh, that is a good question. Um, and in case you wonder what I just Googled in the background, I just went to go Google 2023 NHL draft products prospects and just Googled the year 2023. So we're doing great over here. <laughs> um, that's a very good question because I'm not a goalie expert and I am currently looking at uh, on elite prospects, the top 15 goalies that are ranked here. And I don't know who any of these players are. This would be actually something that we could ask Hattie from Lockdown NHL Prospects about. Right. Um, and we can have we can have people on to talk about this. Like we will definitely use this as a subject for an upcoming episode. But the yeah. first question I think is still a good question to answer, like whether they would do it or not. Personally, it all depends think, on where they're ranked. Uh, the big because right. like we've seen good goalies, you know, go in. Henrik Lundqvist was a seventh round draft pick for God's sakes. Like goalies are voodoo and weird. So like exactly, uh, I am very curious on it. That now does you know that does pique my interest a little bit. Is okay. Is there a goalie worth picking in the first round to make that worth a while? And I will have to uh, posit that question to Hattie uh, in a DM, or we'll have him on the show to discuss that because I think people, people love their goalie content. And I love learning about those strange, strange uh, Kevlar wearing uh, mask wearing dudes between the pipes. Yeah, I absolutely, I think, I think it depends on number one, where they're ranked. And also like if any of their goalies in the pipeline between now and the next draft show kind of promise, like you said, they're voodoo, like goalie curves are unpredictable. They often take longer. So I think the question is worth asking. I think the, with them, like within the front office, the question is really worth considering. Like a discussion needs to be had because we know that this right now for this team, the goaltending future is not set. It literally, we don't know. So I think that that's, it's a question worth asking. And I love that. So we will have a goalie prospect talk on this up on the show, but in the meantime, I have a trade proposal in the Twitter DMs. I would like to read this trade proposal. It is a little bit long and it's from Mooligano. Mailbag trade proposal for you to Vancouver, Christian Dvorak to Montreal, Tyler Myers and Vancouver's 2023 first round pick for some with some degree of lottery protection. My rationale, I can't think of a team in the league in bigger need of a defensively responsible cost controlled center than Vancouver. They should never be playing JT Miller at center and Vorak would free up their offensive weapons to focus on offense. It also gets them out from the last year or two of the atrocious Myers contract, depending on how early they pull the trigger, and gives them an additional $1.5 million of cap space to work with. The Canadians get their veteran uh, RD, who is in no danger of actually helping them win games and climb up the draft board, Clear up some uh, logjam at forward and add a first round pick that has the potential to be quite high. 
We know that Hughes wants another first, and he strikes me as a guy who knows which firsts are more valuable than others and will do his best to go after those targets. If I'm Hughes, the Vancouver first is my top target. If the cost to take on the Sean Monaghan contract was a first, I think this is actually a better deal for Vancouver because they get more than cap space. They get a useful cost-controlled asset and out from under a worse contract with more time remaining on it. The benefit for Montreal is the potential for the pick to be more valuable than the Calgary pick. I can even start the discussion because one downside I see with this is that Dvorak takes a lot of tough defensive minutes and frees up other centers like Suzuki, Monaghan, and Doc for more offensive opportunities. If Dvorak is gone, someone has to shoulder that load. It's probably Monaghan. Does that make sense? Does that hurt Monaghan's value at the trade deadline? So now this is a little bit of a longer question. Uh, I think that I, I, I even said, I replied, I was like, I hate Tyler Myers. He's a useless tree. Um, <laughs> with a terrible contract, but I understand the rationale here. I think it's really intriguing. I would say though, that Dvorak being gone would put Kirby doc back at center. And that's something where we've seen that his, his, his play has been significantly better playing on the wing with good players. Right. So that's the, yeah. the idea. Like when, when they played with like doc and Monaghan, they played, they played them around. We're talking about doc now, like, yes, he's bringing a lot, but that, that center role, he hasn't, shown as much as when he's playing on the wing so if you lose Dvorak then you have Monaghan or Doc left yeah also I I don't want Tyler Myers because you have David Savard on the right you will be adding Mike Matheson back in and Joel Edmondson can also play on the right as can Arbor Jacki and Jordan Harris no it, but it's the Vancouver not worth- first you have to say the Vancouver first is time to yeah, but if it's lottery protected, who the hell cares? And I don't think they're going to be this bad for that long. I think Bruce Boudreaux will get them going. It's more that I just think Tyler Myers is useless firewood on this team. And I would, and Lou, here's the thing is Christian Dvorak, while being a defensively responsible center when he got to Montreal, has fallen off on that recently. And I don't think he's going to help fix the things that are in Vancouver. Is that ever stopped Vancouver from making that trade? No, but I look at adding Myers into this and I go, he's just a piece in the pipeline. They don't need that's going to hold up other people. And yeah, he would help them be terrible this year. Admittedly. Yeah, they should be bad. I don't want to watch them go through what they did last year. Where at least this year we're seeing young guys play in their roles here. And they haven't had Matheson added back in yet. So you would have Savard and Matheson who are going to be your two top two righties. You're going to pay Tyler Myers $6 million to be your third pairing right defenseman. No, that's a waste of cap space for the Canadians. Uh, I'm just, I'm not going to be in on that because it's just a waste of cap space for Montreal. Doesn't help them in the long term. Uh, And just don't like Tyler Myers. To I know that, be that, quite was, that was what I answered. I was like, we don't like Tyler Myers. Like, just word to the wise. Like, this is this is how we're going to respond. And we both responded exactly what I thought. But here's the thing, though: if you have intriguing trade proposals, you may slide into the DMs with them, and we will, within reason, discuss them in the mailbag question. I just in the mailbag questions. I do think it's an intriguing way to like interact with us. I like it. Um, and sometimes we're going to have some really fun discussions and sometimes it's going to be, sometimes it's going to be Tyler Myers and we don't want Tyler Myers. Yes. And we do have so many more mailbag questions and those are all coming up in our final segment. But first, if you've thought about securing your home with home security, but have been putting it off, you're going to want to listen up right now. 
Locked On Canadians listeners can order the number one rated Simply Safe home security system for 50% off. This is their biggest offer of the year, and you won't want to miss it. And you want to know what? Sometimes, you know, things can get a little bit crazy out there. Property crimes like burglary, package thefts are going up, especially with the holidays right around the corner when you're getting stuff sent from wherever you've ordered it from and it gets left outside. You want peace of mind and you're going to want Simply Safe, and you can order that today for half off and enjoy advanced security and greater peace of mind going into the holiday season. Like I said, Carly and I send so many things to the apartment, especially with the holidays right around the corner. Do you think I want to order my nephew's birthday and Christmas present and then come home to find that they are missing? I don't got to worry about that with Simply Safe anymore. And in an emergency, Simply Safe has 24-7 professional monitoring agents using the fast protect technology exclusively from Simply Safe to capture critical evidence and verify any kind of threat to make sure the police are alerted immediately. And it's whole home security. You can get it in every room of your house, window, door, HD cameras, the works. They have it for you. So don't miss your chance to say big on the only security system we here at Locked On Canadians recommend and get 50% off any new Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com slash URL today. That is their biggest discount of the year. So don't wait. That is simplysafe.com slash locked on NHL. And remember, there's no safe. Like Simply Safe. We are back here at Lockdown Canadians. Remember, if you want to send us your mailbag questions at LO underscore Canadians on Twitter, LockdownCanadians at gmail.com. We are going to get to a couple more questions here in the final segment. And anything we didn't get to, we're pushing into an episode next week. So don't worry. Your questions will get answered either today or Monday or Tuesday next week. So do not worry about that whatsoever. Laura, what else do we have in the mailbag today? So we have Casey, who takes us on his walks and workouts with him, uh, wants to know who is the Habs' biggest draft bust? That's, it's tough because, you know, I can look back at like Doug Wickenheiser, which isn't so much that he was a draft bust, more that like the people who were picked after him are astronomically good players. Like the 1980 entry draft, and then right after him, Dave Babich, Dennis Savard, Larry Murphy, Paul Coffey, guys like Brent Sutter who played over 1,000 NHL games were all up there. Some people are going to go, oh, Louis LeBlanc was a big draft bust in this and that. But I think, I think the combination of who was picked shortly after that and it being Montreal having the first overall pick in 1980 – it might be Doug Wickenheiser because that's just that's that's rough, like a real rough way to uh, to have a draft one behind that. You have Dennis Savard, who they ended up trading Chris Chelios for uh, less than a decade later. Larry Murphy, who put up twelve hundred points, or you know one of the greatest offensive defensemen ever, and Paul Coffey, who put up fifteen hundred points five picks later. It, it's a bitter pill to kind of swallow in retrospect. So we've got a question and I will, I'm going to preface this by saying Leafs fans, please walk away now. Our friend Paul Brancho asks, what do we think of Austin Matthews after he tried to instigate a line brawl without having the courage to participate? Is he, despite his talent, one of the league's more gutless players? Now, Austin Matthews is an immense talent. I don't like Austin Matthews. I, here's the thing about Austin Matthews. Gutless, no. 
is it kind of a scuzz move to instigate it and then have everyone come to your rescue? A little bit. People give Brendan Gallagher crap for getting in the middle of everything and this and that. He's willing to at least put up where put his money where his mouth is, even if he gets his butt kicked. And I get it. Yeah, Austin Matthews shouldn't have shouldn't be fighting. He's too good for the Leafs to have him sitting in the box for five minutes or get injured or anything like that. He's too important to that team to have that happen. At the same time, and I want to give a hat tip to Steve Dangle, who was talking about this on Twitter today. You look at the superstars across the NHL here. Alex Ovechkin's thrown down in fights. Sidney Crosby's gotten in a few fights in his career. His own captain, John Tavares, has had you know a fight or two here. It happens, and sooner or later, you're not going to be able to grab on some dude who's not going to start punching you back. You know, he grabbed Igor Zamula, who's not exactly known for being a fighty type. What if that's Rasmus Ristolainen? Or, you know, Travis Konechny, who he was trying to instigate with. Or on the Habs, he grabs onto someone and it's Arbor Jack guy and not, you know, Jordan Harris or someone else. Eventually, you're going to have to put your money where your mouth is in that. And... I, there was a lot more discourse around this than I was expecting today because I didn't watch the entire clip. He shouldn't have to prove himself in a fight, but sooner or later, someone's not going to give you the chance. And, you know, I get it. Good teammates stick up for each other. And I think, but man, sooner or later, like it happened with Brad Marchand, sooner or later, that guy's not there for you to kind of use as a shield. And you're going you're gonna to eat someone's hand, whether you like it or not. So... It is what it is. I don't, we know my stance on fighting in hockey to begin with, but like, I don't know. Three days of discourse is going to be enough with this, I think, at this point. Yeah. Like, that's my thing is that, like, it's exactly like you said. I don't know if, if I would call it gutless, but it's, it's, it's scuzzy. It's scummy. Um, and, and that's why I don't like him. Like, I, I just feel like he's like a thoroughly unlikable player, even though he's one of the best players in the world. You know, if I have that kind of talent. I would maybe try to be more likable, but I don't have that kind of talent, so I don't have to try. Um, I'm just going to be dislikable. That's that. That's that's what that's what's going to happen from now on. Um, Jeff the Red, our friend Jeff the Red. I love hearing from you. What's your outside the box solution for the woeful power play? Well, the Canadians did that tonight. They put Arbor Jack Eye out there. Uh, so my thought is, you know what? Let's try Jordan Harris next. I love Martin St. Louis attempting the five forward power play. I do. I'd like to see Jordan Harris getting a chance to run that or Caden Gooley again. And I'm going to say this in the nicest way possible, freeing Caden Gooley from the shackle of David Savard, who is doing just fine for what he is in the NHL. But He's doing yeah. his best, bless him. Exactly. Bless his heart, he's trying his best. I'd like to see Gooley given a little bit more free reign because I watched him jumping up a little bit there. I would go back to a four forward, one defense power play, and I would try Jordan Harris and Caden Gooley out there. If not, also uh, Arbor Jack I some more. Uh, more Slavkovsky. Always more Slavkovsky at this point. Um, I don't really have any complaints because I thought the power play didn't look awful, but the bar is admittedly embedded in the crust of the earth. So uh, it's not it's not much to impress me with the way the power play works. So Jeff said outside the box. So my question is, why not have a five defenseman power play? Because then some, because currently three of them are not very fast skaters, which is not the sign you want. 
Um, and knowing their luck, one of them is going to shoot the puck and hit one of them in the face, and we're going to be down a defenseman again. So there's also that that I would like to not go through. Okay, so we are going to move most of the mailback questions. There's tons on YouTube, email. If we didn't get to you, we will. Um, that I just want to do our nemesis question. I want to close the show with our nemesis question. Um, and also, uh, obviously, as we talked, programming note, I will be away next week, but I will be here for two of the episodes because we're going to record before I fly out. Um, one of them will be this extra mailbag. Will, our nemesis, asks us, if you were going to name your auto repair store after a Greek mythological figure, what would your name be? Uh, Dionysus, uh, just because, you know, our prices are so out of control, they must be drunk. <laughs> I like it. You did, you created marketing for your own fictional auto repair shop. Good. I, I went to college for that and spent $20,000 getting in debt for it. So I better use it for <laughs> something on this show at least. Yeah, I got nothing. I like, I like yours. So, um, I was trying to think of Greek, Greek myth people, uh, gods and whatever, and I couldn't only think of the Roman gods, so maybe I'll defer this question to our next mailbag. How about that? They're all the same. Like, they're just... I know, they just have different names, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. so anyways, I was making sure that I also had the right version. Not Dionysus is the Greek version, not the Roman version, which is good. Uh, either way, if you want to send us your questions for next week ahead of time, at LO underscore Canadians on Twitter, LockdownCanadians at gmail.com. Uh, you can tweet me at Scott Matla next week. Please don't yell at the Twitter account when I am running it next week. Laura's on vacation and does not need her phone nuked by things that I have done. So <laughs> uh, as always, thank you for subscribing. If you listen to this wherever you get your podcast and if you are watching us on YouTube, please make sure you're subscribed, like the video, ring the bell so you get notified whenever we post or go live. Tune in Saturday. Laura and I are on Game Over Montreal. And Friday night, I will be on the Sick Podcast with Tony Marinaro. We are very, very busy because, God forbid, either of us ever sleep for more than 12, eight hours in a night, not 12 hours. That'd be too long. Eight hours in a night. Everyone, we will see you all next time.